How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Reagan Harrell, and welcome into another episode of Suncast Covering the Sun Conference. Got a great episode for y'all today. Gonna have on Mr. Chris Swagger, the athletic director for the Kaiser Seahawks. Great interview, about 35 minutes or so. Great interview, having him on, talk about what's going on down in West Palm Beach, the success that he's had in his tenure, and you know, previewing the fall, which is right around the corner. So we talked a little bit about it. I mentioned it briefly, kind of what the plan is for the fall. Going to a little bit more detail uh, with y'all. So we're getting into previewing fall sports. That's where we're at now. Manny, Brian, Josh, myself will be on episodes. Uh, we're going to be sitting out uh, or sending out a lot more episodes, probably getting close to twice a week. I uh, don't want to guarantee that. But we're probably getting pretty close to going back to twice a week. Uh, going to be having on coaches, players, and football, soccer, volleyball, cross country. Really excited uh, to get back into fall sports. Um, you know, as y'all know, I've been up here in upstate New York, beautiful Socrates, New York, broadcasting for the Stallions. Loving it up here, but I'm ready to get back to football. I'm ready to get back playing football one more year for your, yours truly, ready to end it on, on a strong note. And of course, ready to get back to covering sports. Uh, Chris and I talk it, about it briefly in the interview, but I want to let you know right now kind of what the plan is for the fall. Um, I, I set out a pretty good plan. I think it's going to work extremely well uh, as far as being able to cover athletics this fall. Uh, we're all going, going, going to have our fingers in the pie in some sort of way with all the sports, but there's going to be kind of a head uh, of the sports, of the specific sport uh, between myself, Brian, Manny, and Josh. Of course, Joe will still be on graphics, but uh, obviously, Josh Blackmore, he's going to be covering football. Nothing changes. Uh, if you followed Suncast in uh, fall of 22, you know he did a great job doing that. He's going to continue to do that. And he's also going to probably do some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, just get a little bit more familiar uh, with podcasting in general. But that's more behind-the-scenes stuff. Y'all need to worry about that. Um, another thing, Brian Kelly, uh, y'all kn- y'all know him, met him last spring. He did great work uh, covering baseball and, and softball some, but he is going to be uh, with cross country. We're going to do a much better job keeping up with cross country this year. Uh, Manny, he'll be on volleyball. He's going to be bit big into the volley- volleyball, of course. Uh, I-, I will be too. You know, I'll be broadcasting that at Weber. Uh, in the way it's going to kind of work, Brian and Josh are kind of doing football and cross country, if that makes sense. So we kind of have a buddy system, if you will. So Josh is lead football, Manny is lead cross country, and then they'll help each other vice versa. And to be honest, outside of myself, I think all three of the guys are going to be pretty in tune with Sun Conference football. They're all big football fans. They're all going to be watching and wanting their own schools to do well, uh, still provide, providing good media coverage, unbiased media coverage uh, to the best extent possible. That's, of course, why I don't cover football yet. Um, hopefully got, got one, one more good year, stay injury-free, and uh, you know kick the ball around the park a little bit, eh? But speaking of k- kicking the ball around the park, that will be my main sport of coverage this fall, be on men's and women's soccer. That's going to be the sports that I am laser-focused on, but of course, y'all know me. I'll be keeping up with everything, volleyball, cross-country, 
Uh, I'll be keeping up with football, but won't be hearing my opinions on it, of course. Uh, that will be Josh, Brian, and, and I'm sure Manny will come on and talk some football as well. But that's kind of our plan. Um, Joe's going to continue on uh, with the graphics. Uh, we are looking to take more steps forward on social media, do some more social media ideas. We don't want to stay complacent. Um, we want to add on ideas, and that's kind of where y'all come in. If y'all could think of ways that you would find Suncast or excuse me, Suncast uh, better, you know, feel feel free. If you have my number, hit me up. If you um, follow the Instagram, DM us. If you don't follow the Instagram, what are we doing? Um, also, same with Twitter. But not gonna hold y'all up any longer. I'm gonna go ahead and kick it over now to myself and Kaiser University Athletic Director Chris Swagger. Okay, we welcome on a very special guest. It is Mr. Chris Swagger, the athletic director for the Kaiser Seahawks. Coming off a pretty good year as an athletic department, or a pretty good last couple of years. But, Chris, how's it going, my man? It's going great. Just getting ready for the fall. Hey, absolutely. Well, we look back. Obviously, last spring was a great spring, but last fall at 2022 fall season for the Kaiser Seahawks was incredible. The run that football team went on the women's soccer team men's soccer as well both dominant uh throughout the regular season and into the postseason and we'll get more to them in that postseason run that football went on but Chris can you just tell us a little bit about your background and what led up to you arriving to Kaiser in 2011 and what's made you stay in West Palm Beach for the better part of a decade now um, well, I mean, I had a little bit different path than most people. So I went to Florida State and graduated from there in 2002. Um, when I first started, uh, or I first graduated high school and went to school, um, I went to a junior college. I got an injury my senior year. When my playing career was over, did not play college athletics. Went to junior college in my hometown and then transferred to Florida State after, I believe, a semester. When I first started, uh, I was actually going to get into coaching. Um, so I started during that path to get into coaching and teaching, then kind of transitioned to uh, wanting to get into rehab because uh, I was going to rehab with my knee. And then um, kind of got out of that more looking for a job that paid a little bit more, to be honest with you. So when I graduated, I went, I did not work in athletics. I went outside of athletics, did that for about seven years, um, moved up to a pretty good level and just got to a point where I was making a good salary and doing what I wanted, you know, doing as far as what I thought was going to be successful. And I just didn't like it. I just, there wasn't a lot of passion or, you know, I guess, um, fulfillment. So, uh, 2009, I quit my job, went to FIU, uh, to be a graduate assistant for their athletic department. Um, I did that for a year and a half. And then when I graduated, like most college kids, I uh, didn't find a job right away. I was searching. Um, there was a job at Northwood, which Kaiser then later took over, but at the time it was Northwood, to work in um, graduate school admissions, doing some other things. Um, so, you know, to stay in higher education, I did that. And then did not even honestly realize what the athletic department was about or, or what they competed in. Got here and, and realized Roly Massimino was here. So I was like, okay, this could be pretty cool. So I walked over there, um, met him, uh, kind of hit off a little bit more of the women's coach at the time, uh, Mark Sanford, and, and really did some stuff with them for free, designing posters and just doing some marketing stuff, whatever I could to stay involved. Yeah. And then over time, um, that grew into a part-time job, then it grew into a full-time job, and then it grew into what it is now. So, um, you know, it it 
it has grown to something that I didn't expect. So, so why have I stayed? Um, I think we're not done yet. I think there's still a lot of things left to accomplish here. I have an amazing staff, uh, amazing support from the university. Um, my family and my, my wife is, is from, you know, South Florida. So, you know, obviously, you know, like you, you, we spoke earlier before we got on this thing, you know, you being from Georgia, it's not, it's not quite as warm as here, but I know you understand when you go to cold weather, if you're from Florida, I'm from central Florida, which is the same as Miami. So I think the weather's great, but there's, there's obviously a lot of things we still have left to do here. And uh, hopefully that'll happen in the next couple of years. Yeah, well, there's no doubt y'all have built built up a great reputation uh, and just overall, really, since you took over in uh, 2016 when you became the athletic director. But I find it very interesting. You usually hear with an athletic director, the, the coach route, that's that's something you hear a good bit, wanting to get into coaching and then realizing uh, administration may be more for, for you. And it certainly has worked out for you, Chris. But I find it really interesting when you have someone that leaves sports for that period of time and you know sports I mean you as you, you were talking about earlier you're an athlete you know that the stress of it the stress that sports brings in general and if you don't want, want to come right back and have the success that you, you've had it, it's you know, simply incredible but we like I was saying just a minute ago uh 2016 you take over as full-time athletic director and you, you spent the last five years really building that program and you, you you mentioned that you're not done yet you're wanting to continue to build it so I have to ask what's your vision when when you when someone asks you what Kaiser Seahawk athletics is all about what's your vision for it and not just like now but going forward as well um I, I think I mean it, there's a couple I mean I think with one it's I mean when you when you build a team or build culture right? It should be the same regardless of who's in place. So there should be a structure set where if a coach leaves and an administrator leaves, uh, players leave and graduate, that the success of the program stays and it's not solely based off one individual. Right. So I think a lot of it, when I, when I took over here, you know, I had a great mentor and someone who laid the foundation for us with Nick Davidson, who then went on to Aquinas and now works for the NAI. He kind of set the foundation. Um, you know, when when he started and when I was here, we, we had maybe six full time employees and I think we had 17 sports and, and there just wasn't a lot of structure. And he put that in place. So then when he left, it was kind of taking that next level of, OK, we have the baseline. But then how do we take this thing to be, uh, I guess, unbreakable, like regardless of who's here, if I leave, if I stay, if a coach leaves, if the coach stays. There's a structure set in place where that next individual is going to continue that success. And the reason for that is for the kids we bring in. So I went through that whole story I went through um, on how I got here. And, and really what I try to tell people is I was, I was, I'm not the prototypical AD, but I'm also probably more in tune with things because I made a lot of mistakes, made a lot of mistakes with injury, with rehab, with decisions I made with different things as far as playing career and that. So um, I know what not to do. And so a lot of times it's kind of guiding kids the right way of, Hey, you know, you, you there's this path that you're going down there to have and stuff like that and and really it's it's that part of it too that I, when i talk about a lot of things we have left to do it's kind of that development of the student athlete so we've accomplished a lot in the field you know what i i mean in a perfect world we win a national championship in every sport and, and that would be great um but i think really not probably the bigger goal is to have as much success off the field as we have on it 
And really that's graduating students and then seeing them five or 10 years later, use what we taught them here to have the same success in their careers. So starting businesses, starting families, uh, being coaches, giving back, you know, just, just, and that takes a while to, to kind of see the, the fruits of that labor. But, you know, that's the end goal is to translate athletic success to professional success, family success. And, and again, I think we're getting there. Um, and, I, you know, we have a lot of great kids that embrace it, which is huge for our success um, and for helping this thing to, to kind of fast track. But but really, it's just having that that culture and building that that established, um, you know, baseline right. that that it just keeps going. Yeah. And that's something that, that I can tell with Kaiser. I mean, talking like, like with Coach Matt Dunn uh, a few months or back in December uh, up in Alabama. But it's not just about, you know four commissioner cups or 15 national titles and how many countless all Americans y'all have had, but you, you look at it and big thing y'all promote y'all have since you've taken over almost 400 NAI scholar athletes. You, of course there is the success y'all are a, a top, top tier program. Nobody uh, doubts that or anything, but y'all continue to build on the academic success because let's be honest, like ath athletics, very short lived, especially at our level. Not a whole lot of people are going to be making millions and millions of dollars on playing football, baseball, whatever it is when they arrive to West Palm Beach. And I'm saying that not to go and pursue it, absolutely uh, go and do it. I'm a huge advocate. Uh, heck, we just saw uh, NAI guy from Mobile get drafted in the seventh round of the MLB draft. So it certainly is possible. But, uh, Chris, you mentioned Nick Davidson uh, was a mentor for you and, and was uh, big in your development uh, in athletic directing. What's one thing that Nick gave to you that you still hold to this day? Um, two things. One thing that he always said advice wise was there's, there's coaches that start a program, build a program and the coaches that, you know, win championships. So, and what he meant by that is, you know, in the, in the life cycle of building something, there's different people for different fits on where you are in your life cycle. So whether that be a team or department, so it's, it's really a value. And then that goes for coaches too, with their team. You know, if you're a team that's on the rise, you recruit a certain player. And then sometimes when, when you're, um, when you have that number in front of you, that number one, that number two, you have to get a different player because there's some different pressures. So just understanding that. Um, the other big thing is just, I think the way you manage, which which fit well with my personality and my management style, and I've tried to do that as well, is um, really try to be beside people as much as possible and assist them versus in front of them. And, and as a leader, that sounds weird because you think most people think lead means you have to be in front. But I mean, when he was here, it was like having a conversation on how to build things and, and and get things done. It wasn't him telling me it was my input as well. So there was some ownership there. So, I mean, that was a big thing that, that I liked and I took from it and um, have tried to incorporate here. Now, I don't, I don't know if you're, my staff would always, would always say that. I, I mean, I have, I have opinion, I give it to them, but I try to do the best job I can with, with giving them the freedom to make the decisions because they're more knowledgeable and you know, ninety nine percent of the things that we do around here, because if it's involved, if it's involving their sport, they're obviously one hundred percent more knowledgeable than I am. But with everything else, it's getting their input and, and really trying to have them as part of the team versus me as the person that's driving it. And he did a great job of that, and, and I think that's part of why we've been successful. I couldn't agree with that mentality more, Chris, because what, like, whether it's. Uh... 
captain with football or doing stuff with with suncast i don't want to be the guy that's like barking the orders nobody nobody wants to listen to the guys barking orders. now you have to have some leadership yeah but you want to be right there with whoever you're working with because it takes an army you know it you, as an athletic director you know it better than anybody it takes an army if you want want, want to get everybody marching in, in one direction so you got to be there with the coaches with the athletes with the trainers so that we're all moving in one direction as one cohesive unit and there that's just one of the many many responsibilities of an athletic director to make sure everything is moving smoothly within the athletic department but what's something more behind the scenes that you do as an athletic director that myself or the people listening may not realize? Um, I mean, I think as, a, as an athletic director, you're you're a politician in a lot of ways. And what I mean by that is, is you're, you know, obviously you're meeting with, with your staff, but then you're also in, in meetings with, you know, housing, business office, financial aid, student life, academics. Uh, maintenance. So, so you're really you're trying to bridge that gap, you know. So you're doing a lot of the politicking for these for the coaches and student athletes, not in a bad way, but trying to give insight, explain things, see their perspective, try to figure out how it fits with what we're doing, you know, to make the whole thing work. Um, and I think as an as an athletic director, or leader, or boss, or whatever you you know whatever title you have, if you're in charge of people, I mean, your job is is to say no, but find ways to say yes. So a lot of times it's, hey, the answer is no. You know, we have a budget, we have this, here's no, but let me try to figure out based off what we can do, how I can get you what you need or as close to that as possible. And a lot of times by doing that, you're working with other departments and you're and you're doing a lot of things really outside of probably what I thought I'd be doing sometimes <laughs> in some meetings and different stuff that, um, and it's also interesting, but it, it's just not something that everyone would know. Like, you know, even when a policy is um, is passed, whether that be a financial aid policy or or a sport motion or something like that, you know, there's there's impact that falls all the way down to every kid. So it's kind of like trying to figure out how does this impact us? How does this relate? It may not seem like something that's a big deal at the time, but forecasting down the road, how is this a couple of years from now going to going to impact us? There's so much thought that has to go into it. And like, like you just ended on, it's not just, okay, how does this affect my athlete or our athletes right now, but the class coming in, the ones after that, you want, you want to give them the best opportunities possible. And you don't want to say complacent. You, you want to continue to give everybody a better and better opportunity because we're all tr trying to grow. You, you want to continue to build Kaiser athletics. But in the past, since you arrived there, uh, 2011 you've seen some some pretty good athletes I mean I mean a few good ones have, have come through West Palm Beach some really good teams but I don't want you to pick a favorite or, or anything here but is there a season postseason run from an athlete or a team that really sticks out that was really enjoyable for you to witness um I, I no I, I would say all of them only because I think like for every championship, there's certain memories or certain things that I take away from that. So there's moments, I think, within all of them, um, you know, and then they're all different. You know, for example, with football winning their or going to the national championship game and play, and competing there, that was a special run. When men's soccer won theirs, uh, it was special. It was different than women's soccer a little bit because when women's soccer won some of theirs, they were – they were heavily favored and men's soccer wasn't. So they, you know, it was kind of more of a, I don't want to say on edge, but it was just a different feeling. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I would say there's special moments in all of them. I, I would say probably 
the one the one moment since I've been here that stands out to me is probably and it, it wasn't even a, a it was a loss it wasn't even a championship moment um it's gonna sound weird but in two 2014 I believe we played Embry Riddle and soccer here um in the conference tournament and we lost it was like double overtime or it was it was PKs we lost like eight and not Maddie Isles missed a PK so if you ever listen to this so he missed a PK and we lost the game but um it was it was kind of I think the moment that sold me on being here um because up until then I mean my experience was Florida State FIU so state schools larger schools and that game was I don't know how familiar you are with our facilities but we don't have lights on our soccer field so it was an afternoon game sun was setting we were trying to get this game in and it was I mean it was tight and there was it was a crowd at the one end uh close to the tennis courts watching as we're going you know PK 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 and it just felt like that college experience so I mean that was kind of like the all right I see it kind of like I'm here moment I don't know like I think everyone has that on a team yeah. or at a school where you really get bought in like you're part of something, but then there's something where you're like, all right, this is now, now I'm going to own this. Now it's mine. And that was, that was probably the the moment that I can think of um, that stands out the most that, you know, that got me there, I guess. But yeah, I think with every, every season and every championship, there's something that stands out. I guarantee you everybody listening to this right now, Chris, just thought about a moment at their school or a team they root for when you, when you mentioned that and whether it was like uh, how y'all had with Embry Riddle, a heartbreak, or if it was uh, a good thing, uh, you know, I, I'm a Saints fan. So for me, I kind of think of that 2018, no, no pass interference. That one's just burned in there. That, 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 that memory it, it has burned in, but you know, so- soccer coming up, you mentioned that was a huge, huge moment. Um, obviously, women's soccer is going to be huge in, in West Palm Beach. I am. Uh, I'm ecstatic. And uh, real quick, Chris, kind of tell the audience what our plan- plans are for-, for the fall. I'm covering men's and women's soccer. Uh, we have Manny on volleyball. Josh, obviously, is back with football. Brian's on cross country. So that's kind of everybody listening. That's kind of what we got g- g- going on real quick. But Fall sports right around around the corner. West Palm Beach, it's going to be buzzing. Football coming back from the national championship. Men's and women's soccer, they're going to be right up there. And I was looking uh, the other day, this gauntlet that y'all's women's soccer team has right out of the gate. That's There's going to be some electric matchups. I mean, right, immediately Georgia Gwinnett, Tennessee Southern. I mean, those are our national champion teams. Reinhardt, William, William Carey, all great teams. But that seems like that's kind of the standard, especially with fall sports. You look at football as well, going and playing Valdosta State, uh, the high-level Division II competition. What, what What is it about going and facing that competition? How, how do you think that helps your team succeed later on in the year? I think it's huge. Um, I would say, <laughs> and this won't help us any by saying this, but I think a lot of the Raiders in the country and, and people doing stuff get it wrong. Um, I think a lot of the ratings are built on, I guess, how you, you know, like how, what your record is and not how good of a team you are. Yeah. And so for us, football is a good example for last year. I mean, we, I mean, I think if I remember correctly, at one point we were either out of the rankings completely or, you know, like receiving votes or top, you know, like 25th, 23rd, something like that because of schedule at the beginning of the season, um, but I don't think we go on that run without playing those games. And the philosophy was a backwards playoff schedule. 
So in other words, if you go in the playoffs and you're going to win, you're, you know, you may host, but let's say you have to go on the road like we did. You're going to go on the road for three, four straight weeks. So, you know, we, we took a plane flight to um, Mississippi College. So that plane, fl- plane flight kind of checked out of the box, got that one out of the way. Um, we actually drove to a Division One school. So got the long bus trip out of the way. And that stadium uh, at Lindenwood was packed. It was nice. It was electric. It, it was one of the best environments I think I've seen at a football game at our level. Um, so we kind of looked at it as okay, it's not gonna get it's not gonna get tougher than this. The crowd noise, the size, the adversity, all the different things you're facing. It was a, it was on ESPN three. So you know, so basically whatever we we're gonna see in the postseason, we saw at the beginning of the season. You know, um, I think had we played a schedule similar to some other schools that stayed in the top, I think we would have stayed there. We started high. I think we would have, we would have stayed high because we would have hopefully won those games or been very competitive um, to stay higher. But I don't think it would have helped us in the postseason run because the first time you would have seen certain things would have been when the game's on the line at the end of the season. We got that out of the way early. Um, I also think it helps coaches evaluate, you know, how, how kids are going to respond and how they're going to play in certain situations and get tested. And it's not about not using them. It's about, okay, you're, you know, you're my guy, you're my girl. Let's work on you getting better over the course of the season. So when it happens at the end of the year, you've made adjustments versus, yeah, you, you can't do it. We're going to pull the plug and bring someone else in. So I just think, so, I, I think it helps everyone. I, I mean, I, I would, I would say, I think the experience from a lot of those games is great too. You're playing tough competition early. I think if you, if you want to, be successful in life. You got to test yourself, and so you know we give ch- kids the opportunity to do that early, um, as well as late when they're playing in the postseason. I mean, and even our conference tournament. Um, you know, obviously we don't have one in football, but the schedule is tough in our conference. Soccer's the same. I mean, it's you're going to have some tough games throughout the season. So I think having those games versus a non-conference opponent is better than having it for the first time against the conference opponent. Yeah, I think that's something that we're doing similar like with Weber instead and uh, someone that we've added to the schedule. We're going to play Stetson this year. Um, I don't know if we're we're quite ready to go to a place like about Valdosta State. Uh, you know, me being from South Georgia, I, I know about the Blazers. I, that was impressive. I remember uh, Josh and a couple of guys on the team and I, we were sitting there watching. We were like, hold on. Kaiser's out here competing with Valdosta State, Lindenwood, Mississippi College, and they keep going down in the rankings. So I'm right there with you. I, I, I We were – or more Josh, like I said, I kind of take take my finger out of the pie when we start talking football on here. But I the, the fact that Kaiser just kept dropping down, I'm like, hold on, these are elite Division two and Division one teams, and they're going and they're not exactly getting their doors blown off by them. And it came to show. I mean, it was a, a huge part of y'all's postseason success. You hit the nail on the head, man. If y'all don't go and play those games, losing sucks, yeah. Y'all don't go and, and, and do all that. I don't see y'all going up to Morningside with the backup quarterback for most of the game and winning it against a, a juggernaut in and Morningside. And it, it, it wasn't an incredible run. It definitely what happened in the beginning of the year prepared y'all for it. And, um, you know, other than, than when I, I come down later on in the fall, um, I, I, I think it, I think uh, y'all will continue to have – Massive success. Um, like I said, I I would like to get one. I would like to get one. Oh, and two against Kaiser. I got my one against uh, Southeastern last year. I would like to get one against either St. Thomas or or Kaiser because last uh, two years have uh, 
not been too fun against the South Florida teams uh, for, for myself, but uh, we're looking forward to it. But Chris, we talked about the athletic department um, w- with Kaiser being elite um, in, in the NAI world. W- what do you think uh, and you mentioned it being not just reliant on one, one person. Could you maybe dive in a little bit more on that, or what do you think the big success to Kaiser Athletics is? Yeah, I, I mean, I think some of the big – one of the big things is just the people we have here. I mean, I think just from my staff alone, I mean, I, I, mean, I think across the board as a, at the university, the support you have from the top down is huge. Um, and I think you can't be successful without that. So, I mean, a lot of it has to do with our administration, both on this campus and, and at our OOC with – Dr. Kaiser and and our you know uh, CEO and and CFO and, and everyone else that's involved, um, but I think here in my department it's the buy-in. I mean, I I, I don't think I'm the easiest person to work for, um, just because uh, you know I I have goals and standards that I, that I hold everyone accountable to, and they to their credit have all bought in, and and, and the standards that I'm speaking of are things that lead to success. So the goal, and I'll, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like I do end of year reviews with everyone. And I always tell everyone, I don't want to see win a conference championship or national championship on your goal sheet. Now, do should that be a goal? Yes. But as far as how you get there, it shouldn't be there. Because there's things out of your control. Um, you know, there could be injuries, there could be other things. That doesn't mean you had a bad season. That just means there's stuff that happened that, that we got to work on. But really, it's everything that leads up to it. So how you're managing your team, how you're how you're doing things that can then, like I spoke earlier, translate outside of athletics. So for a individual student to be successful, if a kid came to me day one and said, what's it going to take to me, for me to be a successful athlete? I would say the same thing, be successful in your career. You know, make sure you're going to bed early, waking up early, you're on time, you're putting in extra effort, you know, you're, you're meticulous about what you do. You're continuing to learn and get better. You learn how to work with individuals that aren't like you in the team aspect as far as, you know, typically most teams that, that have success are not all the same. There's a lot of diversity and a lot of different opinions that come together to achieve a common goal. You understand your role in the organization and you're okay with it, but yet you want to be hungry to continue to climb. All these different things we work with kids on and it shows in winning, but the goal isn't necessarily winning. That makes sense. And that's kind of hard for some people to buy into. And, um, because everyone wants the quick win. And I talked earlier, it's about establishing a culture. Absolutely. So you can win quickly, but if the following, you know, but if you have a lot of transfers or issues happen or whatever, then what did that mean? It's really that climb to the top of the mountain, but the harder thing is staying on top. So you can climb, but if you have to climb and come back down and go back up and come back down, that's not what we want. We want to stay up there, which which takes a lot more effort and it takes a lot more hard work to get there. And, and, you know, again, pouring yourself into the student athlete, I think is what gets people over that hump. You know, as a player, I'm sure you're willing to run through a wall for that coach who you believe has your best interests at heart has made sacrifices for you versus someone who just yells or has goals, but like, doesn't really have that relationship with you. So when push comes to shove, it's a little bit tougher for you to push through it. So again, I I think that's one thing, you know, that I stress and they stress and they bought into. And, and again, it's, it's exhausting because you, you, the time, the time that you come close to achieving it, your class graduates and you do it all over again with a new group. So it's this never ending cycle of doing it. But again, the payoff 
you know, is, is why I think coaches coach at this level and, and every level, but especially this one with is to see those kids develop, move on, be successful. Um, and, and that's what we're here for. And, and a lot of times it's, it's not getting caught up in the wins and losses and just redirecting yourself to why you do what you do. Yeah. I mean, you could, you can tell that by, and we're going to talk more about here, the fall sports in just a second, but just look at the the three coaches that, that of the teams we have talk, talked about. I mean, C coach Oldham, he's been there, what, seven years, coach Sosha five years. And uh, I believe coach Dunn, he's been there as long as you've been at Kaiser, correct? He's been longer. Uh, he was a longer. player here. Then he was a GA then he was a coach. Yeah. I mean, him and the mascot, that's the two people that have been here forever. So, well, they, they, all three of the, those uh, gentlemen, they're going to have some pretty good athletes uh, c coming back this fall. Do you, do you have any athletes that, you know, me, myself, and of, of, of course, of course, me and, and everybody uh, w with Suncast, but also the fans, well, who should they be keeping their, their eye on wearing a Seahawk uniform this fall, Chris? Um, that's that's a better question for the coaches than me. Okay. The transfer stuff, I don't I don't want to speak too early because obviously we want them to start spring ball and get here, but we've got some we've got some good returners, freshmen, and some some key transfers coming out. I, I can probably speak more to matchups. I think there's a key, you know, you mentioned women's sure. soccer. Um they've got some early games that are huge. Uh probably yeah, that William Perry Tennessee Southern trip. That'll be yeah. that'll be a big one. Football, you know, you mentioned the division two, but probably the key one there is that Lindsey Wilson game on September 9th. Um, oh, yeah. that'll be a big matchup, you know, NAI versus NAI. We haven't won up there yet. Um, we've, I, I think one year in that COVID year when we played foot playoffs in the spring, I think we went there like three times in the course of a year. So we're familiar with it, but it's, it's been one of those things where we just haven't got the hurdle. So that'll be a big game. Uh, men's soccer, you know, they've got a matchup with Lindsay as well. They yeah. lost to them, um, in the, the NAI opening round, they they won the first game and lost to them, and then Lindsey went on a little bit of a run. So that'd be key, just really setting up the season and kind of kind of gauging where we're at. And then the other sport that you keep leaving off, but but I'm going to throw it out there in case, especially if he's listening. But volleyball, um, oh, yeah, high expectations for them. Uh, they're the last team in the Sun Conference, maybe even the only. I, I don't know, but the last one to to go postseason and advance out of that opening round and go to the final site. Um, and we're looking to get back there and they've got some huge games early as well. Um, with a lot of TNAI teams in the AAC, the SSAC, um, Mid-South. So, you know, if they can start their schedule, you know, with some big wins when they get the conference, they've got a good chance to, to hopefully be ranked or close to that. And then with success of some of the teams in our conference, you know, hopefully that'll play out at the end of the year. We get a couple bids. Yeah, I remember a volleyball team last year. They got off to that red hot start. Uh, ran to a little bit bit uh of a slow slower into conference play. But man, they got to that conference tournament. You had Brooklyn Slater, Isabel Klassen, uh, a few other 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 girls really step up in, in a big way for volleyball. That was a sport I did a lot of play by play broadcasting for Weber for in, in the fall, and it was that was a lot of fun, but. You mentioned uh, the the football side with L Lindsey Wilson. That was actually where I played my first ever game in a Weber Warrior uniform. That was their first game after winning the national championship in uh, 2021. Yeah, 21. And 
we scored the first seven. We scored on our first drive, and they would proceed to score the next 52 points. Um, they, that, oh, yeah. that, that was a tough one. So I hope y'all y'all go up there and get one back for the Sun Conference. But, Chris, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this, this has been awesome. Really appreciate you coming on. But I have one, one final question for you. Other than living in beautiful West Palm Beach, we talked about uh, the beautiful weather down there. What does it mean to be a Seahawk, and why is it so special to you? Um, I, I would say that and I think a lot of people would say this, but I, I definitely think, you know, from us, it's, it's the responsibility you put on or you take when you put on that uniform. Um, I think there's an expectation of how you're, you're going to act, how you're going to perform, what you're going to do. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people circle us on their schedule conference and, and outside the conference. I mean, it's just one of those things where if we, you know, if we're ranked and we start ranked high and, and someone can get a win against us, that's huge. And so, I think there's some pressure there um, and there's a responsibility you carry. But again, if you're going to be successful in life, you're going to have to do that. So it's learning that early. It's us helping kids to get through that. So it's not necessarily about them failing in that mindset, but it's us helping them to understand it, get better at it and continue to get, you know, improve every single year they're here. So that way, when they get done, they'll have a successful life or whatever career path they choose. So I think I think that's a big thing um, that we we take pride in. It's you know you know defend your home court field, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, um, there's a certain level of, of play that we expect. Uh, there's a certain level of of the way you should carry yourself and act. And I'm not saying we do it perfect every time, but we will definitely fault the kids if they don't do what they're supposed to. Um, and and then it's kind of handing off the next generation. So. You know, the the alumni support and the people following us that did it before, hopefully you can help us do it moving forward. So I think that's that's the big part. And, um, you know, like you mentioned a couple, the, the, the conference continues to get better in every single way. Um, football, I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you in the fall sports. I mean, soccer with some, some of the coaching changes is going to be huge. Football, there's some some really, you know, key matchups and games and talent this year. Women's soccer is always great, volleyball. So it's it's going to be an exciting fall, and you know, and and if we got to do what we got to do with with what I said with with playing the way we're supposed to play to get through it. So it's going to be a challenge, but it's also going to be a lot of fun. Yes, sir, it is. Hey, I, I know that this fall for me, one one last time putting on the pads there, and that. I, I'm just ready for football and soccer to be back. Volleyball, I'm ready to get back into it. I'm up here. I've uh, just been broadcasting baseball for the last two months up up here in New York. I'm ready to get back uh, down to Florida and let, let's get these Sun Conference athletics back going. But, Chris, I really appreciate you com coming on, my man. If there's anything else uh, you, you wanted to add, Mike's all yours. If not, I'm all good. No, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing for the conference and, and promoting it. Um, I think it's great for – you and your staff to, to kind of get this experience on your belt, but it also isn't just self-serving. It helps promote our kids and, and our schools. So I appreciate what you guys do and uh, good luck this year with, with the broadcast and everything. Yes, sir. I appreciate you.